0: Ollie, thanks for joining us today. That's all right, thank you for having me. I'm glad you're here. Um, Ollie Sharp is VP of Revenue and at at SalesLoft. Ollie was at LinkedIn for over 10 years before moving to SalesLoft. While at LinkedIn, he took the team from a standing start to over 400 clients and well into a seven figure contribution to the growth of LinkedIn here in the UK. Ollie's taking the great culture that he's developed in his sales teams over the last 10 years, learning about what SalesLoft has already done in the US and bringing that to the UK and European market. In fact, only a few weeks ago we had um, Oli's CEO and founder, Kyle Porter in the same hot seat. And it's great um, for you to be able to host us here to deliver the podcast, Oli. SalesLoft, is the category leading world's number one sales engagement platform used by over 2000 businesses around the world, including companies like Square, MuleSoft and Dell, to engage in more relevant, authentic and sincere ways of conversation. The aim of Sales Loft is to help sales organisations deliver a better ex- uh, experience for your customers. Just recently, Salesloft was named the seventh fastest growing technology company in America and has been hailed by the New York Times as a startup that may be the next unicorn and is on track to be over a billion dollar business. It's great to have you here in London. Um, Thank you again for supporting Sales Confidence here in the UK and I'm really excited about today's uh, interview, Ollie. So here we are today. What are you most excited about today, Ollie? What was
1: I most excited? Uh, well, a few things I was excited about today. Um, first of all, this morning I was giving a talk to some members of the Association of Professional Sales around mental well-being within the sales arena, okay. um, and I always like to. I, that excites me. That's um, something that I enjoy doing. Yeah. Um, I always. It sounds really weird. I wake up with uh, excited to get into the office. Um, the, I believe the the environment that we work in over here is really enjoyable. And so same as most days, I look forward to getting into the office and having fun with the guys and enjoying the day that that's it.
0: Amazing. Fantastic. Before you start that journey into work. So thinking about when you very first wake up, what, what's the first thing that you typically think about in the morning? Honestly, my family that they
1: are that is my first thought it is um uh, it's about what day we all face my daughter my wife what we're all going to do today mm-hmm. that they're my first thoughts going uh, through my head i try not to think about work um until at least 15 minutes after getting up because i think it's uh it's hard i i think it's Hard not to look at your phone first, and these kind of things. Um, but then as soon as my mind goes to work, then I think about what my day holds and how I can make it a success and just look at, look for three things that I can tick off um, to what I want to achieve that day. Okay. Not just three, but these are the main things, these the main criteria, and if I get home tonight and I've achieved these three things, then I'm happy with that.
0: So once you've had that kind of family time thought space, mm-hmm you're kind of thinking about the day ahead but for you you're thinking about what you can achieve in that day and there's some kind of prioritization so you kind of can tick that off at the end of the day i guess yeah
1: i I think it's important for you to for well for me it is um to be able to work out what would make today successful for you um and because i do like to switch off when i get home and call it a day and uh, i want to make sure that by the time i get home i've done the three things that I need to do and other things as well.
0: Amazing. Um, To think that you, you know, you've had a a well tenured career, you had a fantastic run at LinkedIn Mm. and now the opportunity um, to take this business sales loft to market in the UK and Europe uh, is phenomenal. Mm. Where have you got your motivation and inspiration from to put yourself in this hot seat? So
1: uh, a lot of inward thinking. Um, really, I think that it's in sales. It's quite easy just to float along with where your career is taking you. Um, and I read a fantastic book when I was not not in a bad place, but just slightly confused. A book called The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, um, and it's great the way that it teaches you to work out what your purpose is. Um, so my motivation comes from me being able to define my purpose a few years ago. Um, and I think I always believed that my purpose was, um, I want to earn as much money as I can. And it's completely changed. It is, I, I want to be able to provide opportunities for my family, for them to enjoy their lives and do what we want to do as a family. And money drives that, but it's, that's what motivates me, being able to um, provide. And also um, one thing that motivates me massive is the development of other people. Um, so being able to come into the office and spend time with my team, and uh, develop them and help them uh, get further in their career, whether it's with me in the future or somewhere else, mm-hmm. um, That is also gives me my motivation, that if I can make other people around me better, um, then I love doing that.
0: I, I think it's um, evident to see, therefore, the type of culture that's been created here mm. uh, in terms of people's enjoyment and therefore motivation to go the extra mile. So that's really good to hear. Do you do you recall your very first experience of sales? Uh, I try to block it from my mind. If I
1: <laughs> so what I've, was it? <laughs> well, I mean, I worked behind bars and stuff like that, which you can't really call sales. But I, my first um, role out of university, I, I studied for graphic design and business studies, and I went to a job that was marketing. And when I turned up, it was door to door sales, <laughs> uh, and I did do two years door to door sales, wow. um, and. In all honesty, I think it gave me the grounding in sales that has helped me since. Um, learning that if you take 100 doors and you knock them all, you'll find 10 people that will buy. Um, taking that numbers game and being able to, um, and the certain sales methodologies you use in it, but that's what taught me how to sell. I think that my career has changed a lot because I went from door-to-door sales to recruitment into LinkedIn. Um, so it's changed me as a person, but I learned a lot through those two first door to door and recruitment that has stood me in good stead in sales. Interesting. If only I'd been a state agent sometime as well, I'd been right.
0: Yeah, you would have done well <laughs> back then. <laughs> what, 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 uh, I'm curious about it because you're not the first person that's mentioned having door to door experience, yep. and I've had door to door experience as well. What do you think it is in that moment when someone opens the door that you have to be so on point mm. because you are entering their personal space? Yep. so i was just curious like what 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 is it that moment that you have to be able to present that <laughs> allows them to have that conversation beyond closing the door on your
1: face i, I think it's um you've got to build trust very quickly and you yeah. i mean you're on their doorstep as you say and it's really weird we're talking about this because i was talking to someone the other night and they said so what were you selling and i could recite my pitch <laughs> and this is 20 22 years ago uh, I, and it was perfect pizza, we were, I'm from perfect pizza, we're doing a and I could recite it all, And but I remember how we were trained to do it. And first thing was, don't worry, it's nothing serious. So you're putting them at ease, um, and you're basically qualifying, will you have two pizzas in the next six months? Because if so, there's no point in, the, you, just, you will get your money's worth. Um, so it was just being short, sharp to the point, but getting your delivery over, Delivery of pizza, that's a bit corny, I didn't mean it that way. Um, but yes, its um, you learn a lot and it's you've got to build trust very quickly. And um,
0: I, I think that's yeah. really interesting. I think that's also really relatable to that phone, the phone call. Mm. You know, you, you have a second to build rapport and build trust yeah. to then get permission for you to deliver a pitch as we know it. And that's why I think the, the, the training that you would have developed um, in that thinking just speeds up your reaction speeds.
1: 100% and just bringing in, uh, oh, so-and-so next door. You're learning the five reasons why people buy and that's how we've got trained. Um, but you're right, I think that I would be a different salesperson and even just a numbers game, I mean, bushing away on a phone, knocking
0: on doors, it's... Um, the basics. Basics. Great. Um, thinking about those early experiences, but as you developed your career, mm. um, what made you successful at each stage of your career? Being able to kind of you know, up level yourself to go to the next level?
1: So my hunger to develop and learn, I think, um, was um, helped me throughout. But when I look at each of them, I've always done jobs for two years. Whether I've stayed at a company for 10 years, I've done a job for two years. Um, And I think that's been key to me, that I'm always wanting to think about what gets me to the next level and i don't think you can get to the next level until the people around you think you're a no brainer for that level Mm -hmm. so that just drives you to be your best at what you do and i think you need to if you can take the best bits of every person around you you're going to be the best at what you do um so it's a case of just being open-minded and humble and knowing Even if you're 100% a target and someone else is 80%, chances are, you're still going to learn something from them. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's always been learning work with others. Um, That's what I believe helped me get to the next level the whole time. One thing that one bit of advice I always give people if they ask me for more career advice, um, I believe my opportunities, especially when I left LinkedIn, anything I was going for all came through my network. And it was all people I'd worked with in the past. And it was all people that spoke highly of me because of the way that I worked with them, helped them, had a good relationship with them. And I think that you can't be having a good network of people that... And it's like, it was, whether it's the cleaner or whatever, you want, you don't know who's going to be asked. So if an, the most junior person in your business goes to another company and you want to go to that company, they're going to be asked what you're like, who you are, et cetera. So I've always made sure, not just for that reason, but I think that's helped me build my career to make sure I'm treating everybody with the same respect that I would treat someone that is more senior than me. And that's one of the biggest things I think has helped me with my
0: career. That's fantastic to hear. It's fair to say that, you opening the office in London happened rapidly. Mm. You know, It's been one of the well-documented fastest lands, I think, from a US company coming into a new market, and you've been spearheading that. Thinking about the quality of your team, what are those attributes that you were looking for, thinking about the type of people you now have in your business?
1: So what I, and I gave a workshop at Sestock a couple of weeks ago, and it helped me work out what I had done, which helped. And what I realized I'd done is I'd, I'd stripped the experience back to the bare bones, mm-hmm. okay? I had preferences and I had must-haves. And the must-haves were literally salesperson, et cetera, um, which helped me really concentrate in two areas, which was the attributes and the culture. Mm-hmm. Because it was, even if someone was track record 200% a target, I'm not interested. So I could lead with culture, I could I have the bare bones, but then I went with things like intelligence, coachability, work ethic, that I looked at how I could actually interview for those through the process. So when you get down to the personal elements of somebody and take away the experience, that's
0: what I believe helps you build a good team. Excellent. What do you think is the fundamental DNA of Sales Loft that makes it a special place for people? uh, our
1: culture, our core values. And so when I left LinkedIn, who are obviously known for their culture, um, I was very adamant of uh, if the culture wasn't there, I wouldn't do it. didn't matter. Money, I would take a pay cut. I would yeah. do whatever was needed. Um, and I did a lot of digging about uh, Sales Loft and from speaking to people. And I realized that everybody I interviewed with that was C-level, I could learn from everybody but they all spoke with their core values behind what they were saying. And it wasn't just on a wall. It wasn't just the same things over and over again. You could tell when you dug deeper what it actually meant to them. And I, when I was looking, when I'd read the the great book, I was going, well, I want someone that's either proud of their value, their culture, or wants me to build a culture. And I was lucky enough to get both. And my role, when Kyle was talking to me, was replicate the culture, but make it your own, make it British make it EMEA. um, and that's what they allowed me to do but there was a fantastic culture behind so I think and also I think that one thing that I love about it is the reason the purpose of the business we are not just here to make money it's Kyle's passion is really to change the sales industry that because it's not highly looked upon mm-hmm. um, and that's sort of an issue and if we can provide a solution that enables it to be more of a trusted industry a, a trust and function within a company that's a big thing so the purpose of the business is something that we're all geared towards helping with when it's it's like your organization helping the the industry the sales industry i like that and i think people you get the right people on board
0: yeah absolutely it's fair and um, for our listeners um you can look back on carl porter your founder and ceo's um first interview with us and there was a great affinity around that want to elevate the sales profession And I think that's why this partnership's been so strong, but also just as people, the relationship's strong because we both care about that profession, and it's clear your organization absolutely does. And it was interesting hearing Kyle talk about, you know, sales love and in the appropriate context of what that means. And I just think it's a wonderful experience to see how that's developing and how you've kind of developed that by extension with your team but also the way you're interacting with customers in the market um, with those customers though there is still uh, my understanding is that any organizer any sales organization could benefit from using sales loft, but what is it what what's the tool giving salespeople? so
1: The reason why I was so interested in it is because it's not just what it gives salespeople, it's what it gives sales leaders and sales ops. Um, So as a salesperson, we try to communicate our outbound activities over a number of different channels. It makes it easier for me as a salesperson to actually line those up, make sure that I'm putting the right message out to the right persona so it's heavy on well helps you personalize your message out to the market mm-hmm. based on the persona whether it's someone in Germany whether it's someone in marketing you make sure you do the right thing so it's making the sales person's job a lot easier I mean you can um, have more prioritization but the efficiency goes through the roof but then at the same time the sale because everything is logged into Salesforce automatically yeah. it helps the sales leader and then sales ops are happy at the same time so i've always seen sales bits of sales tech that are either for sales ops or salespeople. this because it's for all i think to me it became a bit of a that's, that's um, a no-brainer of where to go work and i would buy it when i saw it
0: brilliant fantastic and it's absolutely right being able to empower the the full revenue organization making it a solution that improves the efficiency of the sales professional but allows the sales manager to understand the level of activity that's happening in the business. Operations feel comfortable that everything's being tracked as a science. And then you're using it, that science and that insight to then power your growth. Yeah. That's fantastic. And, and with
1: our recent acquisition of Costello as well, I think that it's, I mean, it would be great for salespeople to be able to go into one place. Yeah, And that's the
0: aim of what we're doing. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how that develops um, with the customer base, that acquisition. Thinking about where you find yourself now, coming out now of this um, first year building, looking ahead to twenty twenty, what's the ambition for you and Salesloft in the UK and Europe? So,
1: that's a, that's a, I mean, to answer it bluntly, to grow as quickly as possible <laughs> yeah. and be as successful as possible. Yeah. Um, I think that the mere market and the mere market in in all is. A really exciting place for us because I think I see where sales is going that it's all around be, be able to gain the trust and things sales um, sales tactics work less now let's let's face it and our tool gives the, gives the opportunity for companies to do that salespeople to do it so I think it's a great growth area for us I think the timing for us is fantastic mm-hmm. um, people are starting to realize there is something for the problems that they have I never knew there was before joining um, so The growth is as quick as possible, as big as possible. We won't grow too quickly that uh, we make mistakes, Um, but it's hard to answer that because who knows what the future holds. Um, uh, I hope it is a stepping stone into APAC, but it's hard to
0: say. Great, well good to hear that. Now thinking a bit more about um, your career as a a sales leader, um, but also Prior to that, you know, a sales professional, um, has there has there been a book that you've kind of read that has had an impact in your sales career?
1: So, um, it's a funny question that because I think that there are a multitude of books, and I don't know if it's just me, but I normally read a book and I and I take something from it, yeah. but. I feel that if you take a bit from most books, you end up with a really good book. So whether it's the challenger my the challenger sale yeah. um, or any sales-driven book, spin, whatever it is, I think they're all good. And I think they're all good to have good to have an arsenal of all of these books. Yeah. Personally, for me, I think one book that made a big impact on me, that gave me a realization was um Emotional Intelligence mm-hmm. by Daniel Coleman, mm-hmm. which I think that helped me understand more about understanding people and Mm -hmm. it's not sales methodology it's how to be a better person really Mm -hmm. but I think that that helped me a lot and it gave me more of an interest in that space that I could um, be emotionally intelligent with clients understand their needs and be uh, aware of how I'm coming across I believe that had a big impact on me
0: that's that's great thinking about the tenure of the career that you've had Mm -hmm. and the number of sales professionals that you've interacted with. What do you think makes those salespeople who are deemed the most successful great at what they do?
1: Uh, I think there's one word that really springs to mind. I mean, there's a multitude of words you can use um, and they make up a good sales professional. But one word I've really noticed that stands out from most people is curiosity. I think that um, curiosity to learn curiosity about themselves about what how to sell how to position about competitors but also co- uh, curiosity about potential clients so curiosity for curiosity is fantastic if someone comes to that with an in, in an interview and is very curious how do you do this what's your background all those kind of things asking good questions it I believe that's what makes is a, a great start for a good salesperson I think they need to be able to build trust. I think they need a good work ethic, coachability, all the things that interview on, but curiosity stands out for me.
0: I absolutely agree. It's something that I look for um, when building teams. I think the the message is, is be good at asking questions. Be good at asking questions of yourself and others. Yeah, awareness. That awareness, and you talked earlier about emotional intelligence, and where does that curiosity come? Because I think it might be hard. A lot of people interviewing today, this week, after they've listened to this um, podcast, maybe with you, right? And you might rule them out because they're not demonstrating curiosity, which they don't necessarily understand what that is. And I think just the help with um, the importance of asking those questions, and then asking questions again, and deeper and about yourself, um, is a way to demonstrate that you're curious. But I do recognise some are just not that way
1: Yeah, I mean, I, and I think that w- one learning I had when I was at LinkedIn, when I was building uh, one of my teams, it was, I took we took somebody on and they asked so many questions. And you got to the stage going, is this the right person? But then you realize it's 100% the right person. As long as the questions aren't something they've already asked five times. Um, but <laughs> normally the person that is asking the questions is the person that's curious about how to do things and curious how to be better at their job. Yeah. Um, and if someone is asking me a lot of questions, I love it.
0: Right. Um, where do you see where do you see the future of sales as a profession? So uh, I sincerely hope we change
1: the sales as a profession. I think that um, there's a few areas that it can improve and should yeah. improve as a profession. I think that I believe it's moving more towards the trust side. I don't. I. Gone are the days of ex-car sales people image, I think, I hope, um, and I'll do you the best deal and those kind of things. It's really helping the prospect or the customer find a solution to their problems, mm-hmm. but not trying to sell to them, yeah. advising them. And I think that there's, um, I hope the profession changes and learns more about the mental well being of the people within the profession mm-hmm. because I think that's important. And I think that from experience and speaking to people, uh, there are some teams or some leaders or some cultures still very much not driving the right things to drive the right work life balance and, and the mental well being. I also believe that the background of sales in the UK and EMEA, I believe, and this is not trying to put people into boxes, but the traits of a salesperson used to be more male dominated. Mm-hmm. And I think that as we look at it, and again, not putting people in boxes, that's gone. And it's there's now more of a gap around the trust, building trust and building relationships that can be, takes on more female traits. Mm-hmm. And so being able to change the, the breakdown of the gender diversity within the sales. Arena, I think that's something that should be some uh, should be taken on by all of us, because um, I believe that the traits are there for females to be better than blokes. Yeah, it? no, absolutely,
0: <laughs> no, absolutely, and vice versa. I mean, we found um, this is the first year um, in three years of identifying the top fifty UK um, sales leaders um, that we actually have a fifty-fifty split. And a large part of that has been influenced by the kind of change and visibility to promote equally um, uh, you know, you know, th- th- those two so um, we're really excited to see how that influences the, the future of sales as well. Um, again, you, you know you highlighted the importance of mental well-being. What is it for you that gives you confidence? You know Where do you get your confidence from
1: uh... <sighs> i don't see myself as a confident person Mm -hmm. i think that um especially in a social environment i'm not confident Mm -hmm. i think that and i'm not saying it's a facade i think that i've had to work on what i believe my strengths are Mm -hmm. um i've had to learn i remember the first time i had to well came out recruitment i remember the first presentation i had to do to six people i wasn't confident whatsoever and because I got out of my comfort zone, and then I remember the first time I spoke to over 100 people, it was getting out of comfort zone the whole time. And, um, but learning, someone told me, when you go speak in front of people, don't drink coffee. And I thought, okay, I won't. <laughs> um, and it worked. So I think that I'm not a confident person, but the things I've wanted to achieve, I've realized I just need to practice, learn, be open-minded to what everybody tells me, and, um, and just keep practicing.
0: Yeah, so there's a level I think of. I mean, that, the humility in the, in the sense that you're aware p- potential of where your limitations are, um, but you're working hard to put your be- best foot forward. and yep. that's what we can all ask <laughs> of it, like, It's really. comfort
1: zone. I mean, it is. If you stay in your comfort zone, you just stay where you are, yeah. and um, that's not where I wanted to be. Um, and um, so that's how I believe I've got. I've
0: maybe become more
1: confident or been seen as being confident.
0: Yeah. What it is. Good. Um, During your career journey, have you you experienced or had to overcome some kind of hardship um, that you've had to face that has been difficult, but you've been able to overcome it and develop?
1: Yeah, many. Uh, I could write you a long, long list. (laughs) Maybe maybe for another interview. How long long have we got? (laughs) Um, So I think one that springs to mind is um, hardship. I don't know if it's the right word. A challenge uh, that I... um, had to overcome was when i went into leadership i was let's say two years door, 10 years sales uh so two years door, 10 years recruitment then sales again at linkedin pure new business salesperson. just give me a phone i'll go smash smash it away um and i moved into leadership i want to move to leadership and but i still had the mindset that i was always right I didn't need other people's point of view and those kind of things. And that's the worst thing you can do as a leader. And that's the one of the biggest things I had to change about myself. And it's hard because I'm stubborn. Um, uh, I thought I was always right. And hearing that I should open up my mind a little bit and I don't need to. So it was a real hard thing for me to get over. And it. I think that was a big turning point for me. That I could sit and listen to other people's points of view and not just sit and listen to them just to just to listen to them, yeah. but actually take it on board and change my mindset of okay, let this is a team effort. Let's all get let's find the right answer between us rather
0: than go, I know what I'm doing. Amazing. Um, Ollie, you've been really open and honest about where you felt at times you maybe haven't had the confidence in yourself. There's probably a few people listening right now that maybe aren't performing as well as they might like to maybe they're feeling that actually they're under a lot of pressure and it's quite difficult, and they're trying to unlock some confidence. Like, What would your advice be to those people? Uh, You don't ask easy
1: questions, do you? I think that there's a lot of of answers to that, because personally, I believe that stress and uh, putting pressure on yourself there's a certain amount of pressure that raises your cortisol levels, which is good for us. Okay, Putting too much on ourselves, being too busy isn't helpful whatsoever. Uh, There's a great book called The Happiness Advantage where it shows that um, most people think that successful people are happy, but the truth is happy people are successful. And I think that what I've found in my life from lots of learnings is that um, when I've concentrated more on the happiness and um, just enjoying what i do then the success has come and i think that stress can sometimes when i was doing door to door if you'd sold five cards and the other five doors you'd sell the next one if you'd got to six o'clock and you had not sold any you're not going to sell any because of your attitude you had to keep gratitude. so i think part of it comes down to attitude part of it comes down to learning from those that are successful around you because just um, how other people are being successful. Are they doing anything different? You may just have had a bad run of it. Um, so there's my answer. So part of it is just don't get too down with it. Keep a positive
0: attitude. Yeah, I think uh, absolutely. And look, sometimes it's okay where you're at. You're just where you're at in this point in time. And we've talked about previously about the importance of identifying people out there that might be able to give you some knowledge or share some experience from a mentor perspective, mm. uh, or there might be um, some advisors, or there might be some coaches. There are people that can that help you through those challenges. There are, and I think, but also there's, there's people,
1: but there's also something like I spoke about at SAS Growth, um, what Dr. Steve Ball talks about is concentrating on the basics. And a lot of salespeople, I think, they get in this situation where nothing's going right and things but when you revert it back to basics and go right well let's really concentrate on the basics it makes a difference so yeah. if you are having a tough time do the things we've talked about but go back to basics yeah. the basics are there because that's what it's built on amazing
0: thank you for sharing um so finally now thinking about a a, a, a thread through this conversation how you think about helping people building teams how, how do you manage your own personal Mental and physical well-being. How do you look after yourself?
1: So, as you may tell, I'm not a gym goer. Okay. Okay. No um, I can't do it. I just can't do it. <laughs> um, so, my my routine is that I make sure I have time to myself and my family, and I know what's important to me. Yeah. Um, I follow um, the uh, performance pyramid. I think about the performance pyramid by Schwartz and Law quite a bit, which looks at your mental well-being, your physical well-being, and I don't go to the gym, but I walk. I do about 15,000 steps every day because I walk from the, the station and make sure I do that. It gives me time for me to switch off mm-hmm. and think about, uh, to switch off from work and think about other things. Um, and it's doing things I enjoy and knowing what my purpose is that I'm actually, that's what keeps me happy. Yeah. So it's um, it takes a bit of effort and I still i am not great at it because I still have my phone at me, on, on me until I go to bed mm-hmm. and my next step is not looking at it after seven o'clock but that's the only bit I'm, I'm gonna change, but just putting time aside, making sure you're doing the things that keep make you happy and don't having good work-life balance.
0: Great. Uh, it's been really um, uh, insightful to hear you share some of your experiences, and it's been fantastic to see just the impact that I think you're having in this business, but in this market, and I think that's why we're both excited about how things are developing. Is there a final thought or something you would like to share um, before we wrap up? Um, well, I think it's uh, part of
1: everybody's job in the industry, in all, in all honesty, to care about the people around you and, and make a change to the industry, yeah. because it's too easy just to concentrate on ourselves, concentrate on our targets, um, and I think we should all be uh, committed to uh, people's well-being within the industry to make sure that we all can perform better than we are doing. Um, I'm competitive in my own right but not uh, I have bigger things to think about in my life than being competitive and um, I think we should all just make sure we concentrate on the right things.
0: Fantastic. Um, I think we share the sentiment. This has been a great experience. Um, sales confidence and sales loft. the partnership has been fantastic. We're really excited about 2020. Um, you can learn more on our website salesconfidence.com. And um, find out more about Sales Loft Online. Ollie, it's been a pleasure, you, my James. man. Thank you, mate. Thank you very much.